Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughter. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect game. Right out, go. Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome in to episode 362 of Locked On White Sox. Thank you guys for checking in on the show. As you do each and every day, as you know, we are the only podcast talking White Sox baseball well into the offseason five times a week. I am your host, Chris Tannehill. My partner, Herb Lawrence, will be with me in just a second. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB. Our guy, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and it's available on all platforms. All right. Herb and I, we're going to try to unpack the whole saga with Lucas Giolito. What's his future going to be in a White Sox uniform? We certainly would like to maybe see him get a contract extension here. We believe he's earned it. But really more so than that, you know, this this situation here, how is it going to look in a couple years? What's the core of this rotation going to be? We know the young core is locked up here on the positional side with T.A., Moncada, Eloy, Luis, Robert. But what about that rotation? What's it going to look like? And Rick Hahn gives us some clarity on his thoughts on what happened with the rotation in the postseason. There's some issues here with the rotation. It's certainly, you know, they don't have to take the field now here on November 11th, but there's some weaknesses here in this rotation. We'll talk about all that and more. That's after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox. And Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. You know, folks, they're back and better than ever. They've got a new web interface for the start of basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Not only those sports, they've got every single sport you can imagine. They still have some baseball stuff you can bet on. The Cy Young Award winner is going to be announced in a couple of weeks, and our guy Lance Lynn is in the final. Uh, three in the running for Cy Young. They've got Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn in the American League, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, and Max Scherzer in the National League. You can uh, make a wager on who's going to win the Cy Young. And, you know, I think all signs point to Robbie Ray, who's at minus 1,500. Garrett Cole from the Yankees is plus, plus 550. But if you want to, you know, put your uh, put your eggs in the Lance Lynn Lose basket. Lose your money. Yes. <laughs> You can do that, man. You can you can uh, have all sorts of fun at Bet Online. Uh, plus thirty three hundred for Lance Lynn. So you know that's a that's a play you can make. And you know they they've got all sorts of futures here for these postseason awards. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year, Randy Arozarena, who's going to be a rookie forever. Uh, he's Ever. at minus two seventy five. Wander Franco's up there plus two hundred, and Luis Garcia plus sixteen hundred. And the National League, Jonathan India, Trevor Rogers, Dylan Carlson, all there. Uh, as well. So if you want to make a wager on some of these postseason awards, they're all right there for you at Bet Online. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. Basketball, football, baseball, postseason, and awards, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, Herb, we still have a lot of stuff to get to from Rickon's end-of-the-year press conference and a couple things uh, that, that came to mind. You know, we, we talked about what went wrong in the postseason, and Rickon spoke a little bit to that the other day when we, when we played some of that audio. But, uh, you know, the starting rotation is going to be a big point of emphasis here in the offseason, and they certainly let them down. It was a strength of the team, and it let them down in the postseason. So Rick Hahn sort of spoke to that effect. And then also Lucas Giolito uh, spoke about possibly uh, getting a, a contract extension. We'll, we'll talk about how the, these two pieces of sound pair together here. But here's Rick Hahn on what happened uh, throughout the year with the rotation and what happened in the postseason. Rick, for uh, six months, uh, the starting rotation was the best one in, in the American League. And then for four days in October, it, it wasn't. Um, how do you kind of uh, evaluate the whole picture and, and how much does a playoff performance weigh on how you would might or might not address the starting rotation this offseason? It's a great question, and I appreciate you putting it in that context because uh, certainly the more removed you get from the postseason elimination, the easier it is to have sort of that full season perspective, which I think is important. Uh, obviously, those, what was it, 30, 34 and a half innings were pretty disappointing and uh, left a bitter taste in all of our mouths. Um, I don't think because of that, we should lose sight of who we are as an organization and what the future looks like. A uh, big part of that being the strength of the staff. Uh, I believe over the course of the regular season, uh, I believe we led the American League in, in fewest earned runs allowed and we were you know led the entire all of baseball and wins above replacement for our pitchers uh but in the end over the last four days it didn't show up the way that we had envisioned now is that because of a different environment in the playoffs or preparation or uh fatigue finally hitting in kicking in after going from 60 games to 162 there's there's a lot of explanations many of which we've spent a lot of time debating and evaluating here. I think the the short answer, if that's possible at this time, uh, is we have a great deal of faith in our pitching staff going forward, but it'd be foolish of us to sit here and think there are ways for us to get better, as, despite as strong as it was over the course of those six months. Obviously, Rob Tapera is a free agent. Uh, we envision Michael Kopech leaving the bullpen and joining the rotation. That creates at least two needs in the in the bullpen um and uh, with carlos as a free agent obviously that's a some big shoes to fill in the, in the rotation but uh probably just about like every team that has world series aspirations we will look for ways to make the what we feel is a strength even stronger in terms of our rotation and bullpen when I look at this team and the way it's set up right now, and thankfully they don't have to go out there and, and take the field now, but uh, this starting rotation and furthermore, during the GM meetings today, Rick Hahn was talking about some of the internal options there to, to, to fill out that rotation, talking about Raylo being a candidate to slide in at the end and, and, and invoking the name of Dallas Keuchel as, as a guy that they still have. This rotation on paper now uh, is cause for concern, I think, and, and I think this becomes – Maybe not your number one issue, your number one need right now, but maybe by the all-star break, let's say. I think a top-of-the-line starting pitcher, and, and we know these guys don't grow on trees, but I think that becomes really your biggest need because if, if you're talking about a postseason series and you're going to run it back 
you know, we, I have, I have no doubts that the Astros are not going anywhere. You know, they may not be as strong, but they're still going to be pretty damn good. You look at a team like that, maybe the, the, the Yankees and the Rays, you know, they're still, the teams are still going to be there. And I look at this rotation on paper now with, with, you know, however you want to flip it, Lynn, Giolito, Cease, Keuchel, Kopech, doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me, and I'm usually a pretty optimistic person, but you know, you, we've seen it now. You need more than five guys, and you need five really strong guys. And maybe if they don't acquire someone on, on the open market here, maybe they can still make a trade for someone and keep their, their powder dry and, and, and save Andrew Vaughn in a trade for the All-Star break. But uh, this uh, lack of a, of a solid shutdown starter and I know we had one with Rodon and it was you know few and far between but when he was out there and he was on he was a number one with the stuff that plays anytime any place but the lack of a number one starter here and I think ultimately the lack of depth is pretty concerning here with this rotation as we sit here now on uh, November 11th 100% it's like you saw what happened versus Houston where you didn't get good starting pitching and maybe those guys put in a different situation or coming up next year would perform differently, but you were at least a starter short every single time we were like, okay, is Lance Lynn going to give us a good effort versus Houston? No. Is Lucas Giolito going to give us a good effort versus Houston? No. Dylan Cease. No. Carlos Rodon. No. Like that is the key to winning right there. Keeping the other team off the board and at least giving your team some length. And, yeah, the White Sox have a good bullpen, but it's not that good when you keep on going to them early in the game. So I would hope if they do nothing else, make sure that rotation is solidified. You're already having a roll of the dice with Michael Kopech joining the bullpen. This is his first time he'll do that, or joining the rotation. This is his first time he'll do that, and he'll most doubt, most uh, definitely be on some type of – pitch count or uh, innings count for the whole year. So yeah, Rick Hahn said today they're going to have to be, quote, creative, uh, yeah. unquote, which is always a red flag and always kind of scary. And I think they passed those tests last year, but it's still an unknown. An unknown I like known commodities, and Kopech is very much an unknown at this point. And I know what they're doing. I mean, they don't need to, you know, for Kopech's future, rushing him and pitching him 130, 150 innings might not be the best. So, yes. But we are in a championship window. So having these type of it's not necessarily experiment. It's just like a a babying, a, a babysitting of Michael Kopech to see if he can do it. I don't want that because next year, think about that. Like this year, we were wondering, this is the first full year of Dylan C's. Can he finish it? And he passed the test for flying colors. It's good to have. Now, next year, we're like, OK. Dylan Cease is a solid number three or four in our rotation. Then we look behind there. It's like, ah, four and five is questionable. Dallas Keuchel, I don't know who's going to show up. I trust that it's more the guy who showed up in 2021 than the guy that showed up in 2020. So that scares me. So solidifying the rotation is paramount. And whatever they need to do to get a top line starter, go and do it. If you just knock down everybody from their current spot or just like if you say that Lance is their one or Lucas is their one interchangeable, you go and get a pitcher who is thought to be an ace. It's good. You just knock everybody back down and maybe then 
you have no worries about the fifth starter, who is Michael Kopech. And then you can just have him relax. And then he put Raylo in there. And I and I know Raylo pitched well, but can we not? Can we not, you know, roll the dice on Raylo being good next year? It's good to have him on the team and somebody else wants him. And Raylo goes on to have a Hall of Fame career. God bless. But we need certainty in the pitching staff. And Rick Hahn's number one job is to go out and get certainty for the staff. A hundred percent. I don't know who that pitcher is. I don't know via trade or versus or uh, free agency, but I need a guy that's going to be one or two in a rotation on this staff. Um, and I, a, an inclusion to the guys that are already on the staff. Uh, well, you know, while we're on, uh, you know, Dylan Cease a little bit here, I saw you re- retweet a video at Chuck Garfine. They had him on the White Sox Talk podcast, and I, Dylan Cease was uh, was speaking things into, into existence. Huh? I did not mm-hmm. get a chance to check it out. What was uh, what did uh, Dylan Cease say that had you so fired up? It just all the stuff that we've been saying, like all the things that have been holding him back, are in between his ears. That's it. That's all he was saying. He's like, I can be one of the best pitchers in the game. All I need to do is take those games where I walk the yard and get them out of there. Like the year before, I walked the yard all the time, and I had bad innings all the time. This year, it was more consistent, but I still had those bad outings. I'm more confident that I can eliminate those bad outings more consistently and have more solid to dominant outings than than bad outings every single time. And I was like, ooh, my man. He's speaking with a little more confidence, a little more hair on his chest. He knows that he's great. And that's why I think I think we're all talking about. Like he has premium stuff. And I think he knows he does have premium stuff before he was just picking around the corners and bullshitting around. You saw in the play, even the playoff game where he pitched pretty poorly after the third inning, he was like, it's 99, hit it if you can. And they couldn't. And then he fell off the table because he lost confidence in what he was doing. And I think he realizes that like the only thing that messes with Dylan Cease is Dylan Cease. These, these hitters can't fuck with me when I'm, when I'm on me. Absolutely. And getting back to Raylo here, you know, I don't love, love, love the idea of, of Raylo being in the conversation for fifth starter. And it's not a knock on Raylo. His bounce back a year this year. It's one of my favorite things about the Sox and seeing him come back from what he came back from. But I think ultimately when you look at Ronaldo Lopez, it's a guy who does not have the, the, the arsenal of pitches that I think you need to be a top of the line starting pitcher. Now that could change. He could refine some some of those extra pitches, you know, refine that curveball, refine that changeup a little bit, but he's mostly just a two pitch pitcher when he's out there, which is to me screams bullpen guy, and he could still be very valuable to this team uh, in a bullpen role. If he's especially if he's eating up multiple innings out of the bullpen, I think that could sort of you know patch some of these, uh, put a band aid on, on some of these wounds here when you if you're going to lose Kimbrel and you're going to lose the innings that Kopech brought for you in 2021. So if you have a guy like Lopez who can eat some innings up. Out of the bullpen, you know, maybe not seventh or eighth inning, but you know, you know, fifth, sixth, piggyback with with Keuchel, maybe you, you've got something there. But I just don't think Ronaldo Lopez. I don't think he'll ever be an effective starter uh, in the major leagues. And I know, like you said, he could very well do it somewhere else. But uh, I think his role with the White Sox should be a bullpen guy, and sometimes that's okay. But I just don't see it working out as a starter, and I get very worried when I hear him being in the mix. I know he's earned the right to be in the mix. It's sort of like it's the politics of, of work, right? Like, you know, uh, your boss has to 
put you in the running for certain things because you've showed up and you've done the job. But ultimately, I would hope they have someone uh, in mind, uh, you know, who has a but you know better profile to be a, a a successful starting pitcher than Ronaldo Lopez. I just I just don't see it working for him here, especially not in twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. I I just want him to have success somewhere else. I it's it's been way too many times where you're counting on him. Now he's pitched well this past year. Live off of that. Maybe trade him for a um, low-level prospect that might hit later on. Do your thing somewhere else, Raylo. You don't really have a spot here with the White Sox. And we were just talking about there's no more question marks in the rotation. And he's a big question mark if he can repeat this again. Absolutely. All right. Talk about a key cog in this rotation. What's his future going to look like in a White Sox uniform? That's Lucas Giolito, 2018 worst pitcher of baseball. We'll talk about him possibly getting some new paper here in the coming years next year on Locked On White Sox. So that's starting rotation, and you look at it, and sometimes I like to take a look at this thing in in the big picture. What's this thing going to look like? How you've got all the other position players that you need locked up under team friendly deals, Yoan. T.A., Eloy, Luis Robert, you're in pretty good shape from a positional side. You know, Andrew Vaughn was never offered a, the, the full extension, but you've got the the wherewithal and you've got all his, his contract years pretty much still available to you during that championship window. But what about this rotation? Lucas Gilito is going to be an unrestricted free agent as of right now in 2024. So you've got two more seasons of Lucas Giolito. This year he's going to be making about $8.5 million in his uh, third year of arbitration in 2023. So it gets you thinking. If you're going to line up the pitching staff with the, the rest of your young core and you really want to make this thing sustainable, you're going to have to solidify stuff here. You're going to have to you know build this rotation and, and get some stability here because Lance Lynn is not going to be good forever. You know, he's not going to be this productive as he was in 2021. Certainly, I don't think he'll be that productive uh, in, in 2023, uh, you know, when Lucas is here in his final season. So you have to start thinking for the future and you have to start thinking about who in this rotation is, is going to need a, a, an extend, extended contract here. Cease, I think, probably would be that guy, and I hope they're they're not going to have to make that decision, you know, uh, Giolito or Cease. I think Giolito's earned the right to have a contract extension uh, opportunity presented to him. And I had, I had heard rumors that they offered him uh, an extension, you know, during the COVID year. Like, I think a lot of teams did that. You know, they – you know, I think they took advantage of the volatility with the, the uncertainty of the pandemic, and they and they threw these bullshit offers to their players. I'm not saying the White Sox did this, but uh, I heard they the, an offer was extended to Lucas Giolito, and you know, obviously nothing ever became of that. But I think Lucas Giolito is a guy that I'd like to see locked up here. And I'll get your thoughts here after Lucas gets a chance to speak on it himself here. I mean, I, <laughs> I I'm open to it. Um, for me, I'm was interested in a long-term call, uh, something where, you know, essentially make me a, a White Sox player for life. Um, but, you know, business of baseball, business of baseball, a lot of that's out of my hands. So uh, for the time being, I'm, I'm just going to focus on what I focus on, which is getting better, especially in the off season, getting my body strong, uh, honing in and, and refining some of my uh, pitching stuff and, Going out there and giving it my for the team. Um, that's that's all I can control. You know the the other stuff. Uh, it is what it is. Have there been any conversations? That you? No, not at the moment. No. 
Not at the moment. And you heard his beginning of the answer there when talking about the extension. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm open to it. So it sounds like that, that was a loaded question when it was <laughs> asked and a lot was on his mind there. So that would lead me to believe that. Uh, what I had heard around the rumor mill, rumor mill which was uh, churning right now as we speak, uh, that he, maybe he was offered something and it wasn't up to uh, his liking, especially you know uh, coming off of the season he had in 2020 uh, where he was, uh, was just awesome once again. But when you look at this thing a couple years from now, Herb, and, and you've got, let's say Kopech profiles out to be what we think he'll be, which is a, a pretty solid starting pitcher. So you, your core of your rotation is likely going to be Giolito, it's going to be Dylan C's and it'll be Kopech. That's that's a pretty solid nucleus to work with, and then you can sort of switch the other two in and out, uh, the, the top and bottom of the rotation there with trades and, and creative things like that, and hopefully you, you, know, you open up the books each and more and more every year. But that's a pretty solid core of your rotation uh, as this, this, this window tries to get extended a few years from now. I would definitely be open to uh, extending Lucas Giolito. What about you? Yes. And I think probably the White Sox tried to get a team-friendly extension done with Lucas Giolito. Just came off a bad year. Now you're having a good year. Maybe you want to parlay that. And, you know, you've been through Tommy John, so you know that this is volatile from year to year. So here's an offer that's probably below market. But Lucas comes from money and also is probably not in a hurry to get locked up he probably wants to hit free agency and see if there's other places to go i would because you know in this draft situation you get drafted to a team way across the country from your family then you get traded to the midwest maybe he wants to play for his california teams out there maybe he wants to you know explore it and he can come back to the white Sox if he becomes a free agent if they offer him enough enough money but I think a pitcher should sign long-term deals if they feel that there might be an injury or if they feel like that um, just that they're, this is enough money for me, like Lance Lynn did. He didn't want to get to free agency. He's like, this is plenty of money. I'm well compensated for what I'm doing. I like it here. The atmosphere is good. Why go somewhere else? Why fight? where I'm at because I like it here. I don't know if Lucas is there at that point, but if he does accept a extension, I think it would have to be something exorbitant where it's taking the RB years away and it's taking the first couple of years of his free agency away and he can live off of that money for the rest of his life. It has to be somewhere in the $100 million deal because I don't think if you get this far into the – into your career and he's what free after 2023 or 2022 after 23. So, 20, so 2024 so would be the first year. Yeah. So he's got two more years of working underneath this white Sox contract. If you get this close to free agency, two years left, very hard to see that you would. Okay. Let's sign an extension now because you're just right there. You're, you're on the precipice. And if you believe in yourself, Get those two years done and then hit the open market. You can always come back to the White Sox if they offer you the most money. You mentioned him, you know, just coming from a, a well-to-do family, certainly a really solid family. We've, we, I've had the opportunity to talk to, you know, both of them in, in one way, shape, or form. His father, who I'll get to in a second, and his mother 
uh, actually was was on uh, you know the soap operas back in the day and was friends with or still is family friends with uh, with Cody Decker who is friend who is a former big leaguer and he was Lucas Gilito's hitting coach I believe as as a youngster and they both grew up in in Southern California and so I, I remember getting into a Twitter uh, exchange with with uh, Lindsay, I believe is Lucas's mother's name, and, yep. and Cody, which talk, talking about getting her on the show, and she, you know, she does great work, great artwork, and very creative. Both both of the parents very creative. As we we got a chance to know Rick a little bit when we did the uh, 108 Fest last year, and that thing stuck out to me as it was happening. And I remember I get, we talked about it a little bit after the fact. But do you remember the story that Rick Giolito told about when Lucas Giolito was in high school and he was about to sign his first contract with with Mike Rizzo and the Nationals? He was 17 years old at the time, and it was down to it was 20 seconds before the clock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Love it. that that was Mike Rizzo, the Nationals, who is, you know, well known as a pretty mm. kind of a hard ass and tough <laughs> or likes to play tough. parents and kids you know they don't get involved in that stuff that's the agent who does that and um there's a funny story about it but i can't give away the um the tips and tricks of that particular trade oh we won't tell Uh, nobody oh yeah there's only 200 people watching don't worry about it we'll do it offline in any case um that negotiation was between the agent and the nationals and we were just Wait, sitting, waiting there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, it was very frustrating because they wouldn't make it, you know, they waited, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything until the last minute. And, you know, oh, this is just the way it is. Well, if, well they made an offer, some stinky offer at like, you know, 2 million or something, you know, we said the hell with that. Uh, you know, he'll go to UCLA because I, I love John Savage. I, I just thought the world of him. But Lucas wanted to go pro. And uh, his agent at the time, he was a very young agent, um, who's now the uh, co-head of baseball at CAA, um, uh, Ryan Hamill, terrific guy. He's like a son to me, practically. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, that came down to the wire. It was pretty hairy, but Lucas was really, really happy when we got that phone call. It's done. You know, they did not want to go into luxury tax was their big deal. They just did not want to go into luxury tax and uh, they were holding fast, but they came up, I don't know, more than a few hundred thousand dollars inside the last minute. Wow. Damn. That's Yeah, they were, you know, they were playing their game. It was It's a game of chicken at that point. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, it's absolutely a game of chicken. And, you know, who's going to pick up the phone first? Who's going to blink? Well, they blinked. this is a family and this is a guy who's been through this before and sometimes it can be difficult to to negotiate with people that know their worth because you know they they'll they'll take their chances they'll bet on themselves you know every every now and then and i could totally see a scenario where lucas is like you know what i'm just gonna bet on myself i'm not gonna take under market value just because i like it here just because my family's here just because i've been through some postseason wars here um, I, I know what I'm worth, and I'm going to maximize my value every step of the way. And you, certainly, that's his right to do so, and that's part of the system that we're in here. But that always stuck out to me, and I was hoping at the time that it wasn't something we were going to have to revisit. And there's still time to make this work. I think if you can get a, a good deal 
and buy out that final year of arbitration next year, I think you're, you're in good shape, and that'll be something all parties should be involved with. But uh, that's something that always stuck out to me. But hopefully they can work something out there with, with Lucas. He's a, he's a good dude, a really good pitcher, charitable dude, uh, and a great representation of the franchise. And above all, it's not our money, Herb. So uh, we can't wait to sign over checks that don't have our names on them. So uh, make it happen, Rick and Jerry. That's a guy you want to have around here because I don't know what you're going to do with this awesome young offensive core and no starting pitchers really to, to have sustained success there uh, backing them up. So uh, tomorrow's show, we got one more show for the week here, Herb. We're going to talk about this backup catcher spot. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, you know what a little bit of right field maybe. We'll, we'll talk about Rick Hahn uh, evoking the name Amarillo Slim, and if we have time, we'll get to some of the shifting stuff and what Rick Hahn had to say about the shifting. We'll try to see if we're smart enough to figure it out here. So that's all I got here today, Herbie. One more to go, and we're week is our week is done here. But uh, that's all I got today. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill to follow him on Twitter. Herb Lawrence is at Ecknerwall twenty three, and the show is at Locked On Socks. And thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every morning. Locked On Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked On Socks on YouTube. So for Chris, I'm Herb. Thank you for joining on Locked On Socks.